Hi there, and uh, welcome to Considering Comic Books for what's going to be really a special edition of the uh, podcast. We haven't been around for a while, but that's because we've been very busy doing some, well, uh, I've been very busy doing some other stuff, and I've been lucky enough to have some fantastic collaborators uh, in the whole process, and we're going to tell you all about it now. You'll notice from the title, uh, it, it says the Black North cast. Uh, the Black North is a uh, special project that um, uh, Steve Austin, uh, Dave Evans, uh, John Burtis and myself have all been working on with uh, the help of our good friend Aaron Flanagan, a comic book guys. So um, we're all very excited about this and that in this podcast, uh, Steve, Stephen and I uh, decided that what we would do is we'd ask each other questions about what got us involved uh you know it's sort of a novelty thing uh so so that uh, it wasn't the same old bland old uh, uh sort of breakdown we thought well you know we'll do something novel and we'll ask each other questions you know about the project so that you the audience can can learn uh, uh what it's about basically so uh steven uh, as always mate a pleasure to have you Hello, Mark. How are you? Nice to be here. <laughs> it sounded like you were doing a Glenn Fabry impression there. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Oh, yeah, as, yeah. give me, give me time, give me time. I'll be breaking it out later just for the crack. <laughs> Hoping he's listening. <laughs> uh, well, listen, uh, a pleasure as always. Um, yeah, it's it's great to have you on. Uh, we were just doing a, a little bit of chatting before we uh, actually came on the podcast, you know, a bit of shop talk and having a rant and stuff. So we got all that out of us. Yeah, ban- banter. Yeah, so now, now we're ready to, uh, to talk talk exclusively about this very exciting project that we're both going to be working on. Uh, uh, well, well, we both are working on and uh, we hope uh, more people are going uh, uh, get, to get learn about it, get to see it. And uh, you know, if if our uh, goals, uh, if everything comes to fruition and our goals are hit, uh, then uh, you know we'll we'll be able to put this uh, this lovely piece of work out um, for for everyone to read and enjoy. Um, Stephen, what drew you uh, to to the, the old Black North project, my friend? You did. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, I mean, we because we, we, I mean, we discussed doing so. We met with a little bit, bit of background. Me and Mark met at um, Lawgiver last year, and we got on really well. And Mark said, well, we both said that we'd like to do something together at some point. And we bounced some ideas around. We had a couple of other ideas uh, earlier in the year. Um, but then Mark came up with Black North, so you came up with Black North. Um, and, uh, yeah, it really gripped me. I love it. Like, Richie, growing up sci-fi thriller um it was right up my street strong characters and uh yeah no i couldn't resist couldn't resist so here we are well here we, here we are and and what uh, a, bit, a bit more uh sort of um i guess background about black north well first off uh yeah, that, was my first, that was my first question to you mate <laughs> can you describe what is black north <laughs> okay well uh, a bit of background information i guess about it well uh, f- first off um i guess uh i love like you, we, we've dis- had this discussion. I love uh, 19, late 1970s, 1980s type 
uh, dystopian, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic type movies, you know? Apocalyptic, yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw horror movies uh, with, you know, an apocalyptic theme, things like that. And, uh, and anyway, I think, you know, a large part of what, you know, drew me to Judge Dredd as a character was the world, you know, the world that he lived in. It was... Uh, you know, this fascinating yeah. uh, it was you know uh, this sort of uh, the, a dystopia that um, uh, took things to the nth degree you know it was like a, a, you know yeah. c- crime uh, or you know justice was dispensed by on the spot um, you know uh, officers who you know and, uh, it was all very totalitarian and you know that sort of stuff fascinates me and, and two of my favourite movies and I always talk about this, um, uh, you know, so I hope people aren't sick of me talking about it. It's Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, and Escape from New York, right? And yeah. uh, what I loved about them was they both had really interesting central protagonists, but also I loved the world. I, lo- I loved this uh, broken shell of a world and how humanity responded to it. And I think, you know, that, that's why people love zombie, you know, apocalypses and stuff like that, because it pushes people into that uncomfortable area of, yeah. you know, there's no technology, yeah. I uh, think, you know. Yeah, that was, that was one of the reasons, I mean, part of the reason this appealed to me so much, because it is just, it is quite dark, you know, and there's, there's elements of humour in there, you can put elements of humour into anything, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was what made it for me, it's just, it just feels dark and, um, yeah, and gritty, you know. Really gritty. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, thank you. I mean, you know, uh, just just to uh, uh, elaborate on that a bit, uh, S- Stephen. Whenever I I mentioned what you know what it was, we talked about what it was, and and I'd sent over character profiles and sort of a a world map to Stephen, and he got mm-hmm. back to me with some uh, preliminary uh, sketches and stuff, and uh, you know, I can't wait for you, the reader, to see them because. You know his realization of uh, my ideas were so much better than you know I, I feel you know my initial ideas. Oh, right. <laughs> and we're back. Sorry about that. What happened was uh, my my other half phoned me in the middle of the podcast because you know consummate professional i hadn't put my phone which i'm doubling as a recording device on airplane mode fantastic okay so anyway <laughs> what were we talking about oh yeah Steve, your character designs me so uh yeah uh i you know the, the full realization of them i really can't wait for uh people to see uh what you've what you've done there because it just it looks stunning and uh i had uh a re- especially the vehicles designs and things like that uh, you know a lot of it put me in mind of sort of you know the the, the mad max type uh buggies and things like you know yeah. i've done that i've done a lot more prep for this one just because it's so big i mean it's going to be this is going to be 80 to 100 pages which is the biggest ship i've done so far yeah um so i wanted to spend a little bit more time prepping the characters and the environments and the um the vehicles and stuff so I've sort of drawn up a lot of reference material so yeah, I've got some consistency of it you know and um, and, and I've, I've done a, a side chart and a figure chart and the reason I've done that is I've got a um, I've got a book and I re-bought it the other day because I lost it and it's um, conversations with um, comic artists oh okay have you ever read it no I never have no it's um, I've, I've seen some details it's a brilliant book and right. it's, uh, 
exceptionally this was seven or eight finances here I've just a conversation with him um, um, Dave Gibbons is one of them right and he's just in that he's got a uh, it shows a character sheet he's designed and it was just such a good idea I'd never considered doing it but uh, I think he's got about 20 characters on this sheet and he's got the heights the builds and they're just all lined up against each other so he's got a, a, you know straight away reference so usually I had characters stacked on bits of paper here yeah. and there you know and I sort of them, but this is it's a lovely way to have it. Just all the characters in one sheet of paper, all next to each other, all their body types, their heights, they're all naked, so you can see exactly yeah. what they look like. Um, and that's that, that, that you know that's what I done for this one. That's actually uh, that, I think it, it works well. It's a great idea, and uh, I remember you sending me the character sheet. It is actually a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I don't. I think every artist has a different process, but you can tell looking at someone like Dave Gibbons that he's clearly quite technical. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, wasn't he? Didn't he do technical drawing or something before he went into uh, comic art? Or am I wrong about that? Uh, I don't think so. He, mm. he may have done. I, I'm not aware. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. If you ever run Glenn's house. Glenn has scrapbooks full of like literally millions of cuttings, uh, you know, and it, it, you know, his process is you just hook through a scrapbook until he finds the reference that he's looking for. Yeah, uh, well, that's, that's the sense that I used to do, it was just having books and papers full of stuff, but it just seems yeah. so much more sense just having it all, well, so for one specific story, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, um, hello? Can you hear me? Sorry, Mark. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here, mate. <laughs> Hang on, I've lost you again. Hang on. Yep. Can you hear me, Mark? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Sorry, I've got you on my Bluetooth headphones. It's easy for me to you can listen to you and oh yeah cool yeah hey no problem no problem uh, it's, uh, it wouldn't be a, a, a Steve and Mark podcast if it wasn't riven no, with yeah. technical well, difficulties <laughs> the, la the last time we did this it took us like 20 minutes to get set up um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, what was it oh yeah expanding more on uh, yeah a bit more background for Black North I guess uh, not I said the people were, uh, you know, the idea sort of came from, um, you know, it was, it has, you know, it's, it's like a love letter to, uh, you know, those post-apocalyptic dystopian movies of the, the sort of late seventies, eighties. Um, I guess, uh, uh, the, uh, the original genesis of the idea was it was, a, it was actually supposed to be, it was pitched to, uh, dread the magazine, uh, and Thor, Thorg never got back to me, but you know, like he's a very busy guy, so sometimes, sometimes that happens. You just don't get anything back. So um, I sent it to Sector Thirteen then, and they felt that the uh, the material, because it's based in uh, Northern Ireland, the dystopian Northern Ireland, uh, they felt the material was a bit too uh, uh, raw for them in, in the sense that they didn't want to do anything divisive. Now, you know, I, you, should, you need to backtrack a little bit. Yeah? Because I, I, I think that's the first time you mentioned it being about Northern Ireland. Oh really? Yeah. Have I not yeah. have I not mentioned yeah. that before? No. 
No, I think we, we went into about Black North, I mean, you were talking about um, it's the influences that led to Black North. Yeah, I yeah. We discuss what it's actually about, so... Well, uh, in which case, yeah, I, I, I would do that then because, yeah, it is, it's based in uh, a dystopian Northern Ireland. Um, I, I, I never really liked Murphyville, uh, which was the uh, Garth Ennis' take on Ireland in the Dreadverse. Um, I thought it was a bit too, how would you say, parochial. You know, it, they had this sort of, yeah, Judge yeah, Joyce, yeah. I mean, Mike, Mike Carroll's done some great work uh, trying to undo that damage, but and I always thought it was a bit too much of a parody, and I, I didn't, okay. you know, I didn't enjoy it. And, uh, uh, not, you know, and that said, I love Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon's work. It's just that one piece never, you know, I never, I never yeah, liked yeah. it. Uh, um, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to do a version of, uh, you know, Northern Ireland were things that sort of all went wrong, you know, and I riffed on things yeah, like, you know, yeah. uh, Mega City One and Escape from New York and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I yeah. I guess what I'll do here is uh, I'll read out the uh, the, the initial uh, blurb pitch yeah. and, and so that people, you know, I should, should have put on my movie voice, you know, the future, war rages in Europe. The UK suffers a historical worst refugee crisis. Northern Ireland is an organized crime state. A black economy sealed off by border wall and left to the gangs. Amidst the new empire's triad matriarch, Mandy White Lee is targeted for death. A coup's brewing within the Lee clan and a gang war threatens their borders. Lieutenant Bo Quan Ro is tasked with finding the would-be killer. Former soldier turned MI5 mole, Ro has added problems. Saving captured child refugees before they become cartel mules, all without blowing cover. But nothing's ever simple. Psychopathic soldier John McGarrow, a specter from Ro's past, has come north for revenge. Roe races to unravel the mystery of Lee's shooter to save the children and prevent all-out war. But with Magoro on his heels, will his past catch him first? Okay, <laughs> okay, so you know. Did that? Did that? Did that? Did that draw you in there? Did you feel compelled? You were like, oh yeah. One of my, uh, yeah, that's how you join <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I mean, you know that that is, uh, you know that that's it in a nutshell. It's it's uh, you know a dystopian uh, uh, sci-fi action noir. Dystopian Northern Ireland in an American accent. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Well, you know, if I had it done a Belfast <laughs> accent, if I had it went, oh, it's a big ass hair, man. Nobody would have understood. Nobody. All all the 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 potential American demographic would. Have been like, what's what's that? What's that noise he's making? I, I can't. Glenn Fabry, well, let me tell you, the future war rages in Europe. <laughs> if he's listening to this, he'll be like, Mark McCann is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Very good. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and that's that's what I read. And that that's, that is what that's that is what gripped me. Um, but I didn't need it in action. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, 
Absolutely right. And what would you so what would you say as the writer, um, how does Blackwell differ from the other sci fi scripts that are out there at the moment? Apart from perhaps well not apart from give you, you, you answer the question. You, you answer how that okay. differs from other sci fi scripts. Well, um uh... I, I guess, you know, some of the best sci-fi, uh, some of my favorite sci-fi and, uh, you know, uh, horror movies and things. If you, I mean, I always talk about George A. Romero's uh, horrors had a uh, yeah. political undertone. You know, they were making a social commentary. Yeah. But, you know, you could also enjoy yeah. them as a horror movie. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you could say oh, it's a zombie flick. But, you know, uh, Night of the Living Dead, I would contend, is about racism. Uh, yeah. Dawn of the Dead is about uh, commercialism slash consumerism and uh, uh, Day of the Dead is about the military industrial complex right uh, that's that. That's yeah. how I chose to uh, deconstruct them but at the same time yeah. they're just a horror they're a horror movie they're about zombies you know and uh, so what I I always find that in modern uh, sci-fi. I, I find the the writers. Um, now this this is maybe just me. I don't know, but I, I find the writers can be a bit heavy-handed in sending home uh, their particular message. Uh, I wanted to write something that was subversive uh, in, the, in the same vein as the stuff that I grew up on, uh, and so you can come along and enjoy it as an action uh, noir, you yeah. know, set in a sci-fi landscape. Or you can look at, you know, the, the, in this case, it'll be the philosophical undertones of uh, what I'm exploring. And that is, uh, it was something that I'd, I'd read about um, a while back. And it is that um, people actually uh, thrive under conflict and also that there is a certain type of dark... Uh, part of humanity that we just can't shake. It just won't let us move on. And yeah. in the in the case of uh, our central protagonist, Bo Kwan Ro, I, I want to um, you know portray that that struggle. It's something that him and his his antagonist, uh, John Magoro, that you know they they share a uh, a camaraderie and a kinship of sorts, but. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Magoro is the dark half of Rose personality yeah. manifest, and I, the, the yin and the yang. Yeah, and and I wanted to I wanted to explore, you know, uh, the, the 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 politics of you know how the the crime empires work, and you know that, that there's in in a lot of instances there's there's bad people doing good things and good people doing bad things, and it's never just as you know. Uh, black and white, as you as you like to think, you yeah. know. There's 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 a lot of nuance yeah. to life, and you know, now, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the stuff I'm reading. Now. I find it can be a bit, you know, heavy-handed in your face, and uh, you know, it tells you what to think. Whereas I want the reader to learn how to think, 
Uh, I want the reader to yeah. be invested in the characters. Also, you know, love the action, love all the sort of super violence and stuff like that. But at the end of it, I want them to go, huh, how did I feel about that? You know? Um, yeah. So, so there's a show for comedy also going to speak to, doesn't it? Because I know you, you mentioned before that, you know, obviously there's, it's full of crime syndicates. It's based around crime syndicates. Yeah, yeah. And you, uh, I think we were discussing before the fact that there, are, there is quite a heavy... Um, uh, um, criminal under, uh, under, underbelly within the yeah. following the troubles. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because um, you know I think everywhere has everywhere has its its crime. I guess my yeah. my understanding of the crime here is what or what what makes it sort of uh, has drawn my attention anyway is because there was paramilitarism here for so long, it yeah. forced the police to. Uh, use a different tactic because you know you had cops who didn't want to get you know car bombed or you know uh shot or have their family shot and so whenever the good friday agreement was signed a lot of people who were in jail a lot of psychopaths who were in jail under uh you know uh a pol political prisoner status uh were let out you know and these guys had killed a lot of people i mean i remember doing the uh I used to be a nightclub bouncer. Uh, I was doing uh, the door one night, and a, a known sort of criminal kingpin was in the. And you know, he used to come in quite regularly. And this guy, uh, and this is a fascinating thing. You know, everyone sort of thinks, oh, you know, I would know a bad person if I saw one. But here's the reality: that guy was an absolute gentleman, right? And and he would be incredibly nice to you. Uh, he would tip. He was, you know, he would. Uh, the vestiges of kindness were all there. But he had more bodies in the ground. Do you know what I mean? He had, now. There's some people who. Yeah, uh, I've had few experiences. I used to work, when I'm from London originally, I used to do a few years ago as well. Yeah. And um, it was the same, you know, you end up meeting sort of, sort of get, uh, you know, lots of big, you know, big names on the, on the, you know, on the, uh, you know, mob, on the mob scene. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had the same experience. You just, you know, they're just some nice as people. I guess oh, yeah. because they've got nothing to prove. Nothing, yeah. You know, they're top dogs. They've got nothing oh, to yeah. prove at all. Um, well, I, I, and obviously there's, a, there's an element of, you know, you, you need, you know, it's, even if you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're top of the game uh, in the criminal underworld, yeah. you still need to have a, a business, um, business sense about you, so people skills about you as well. Oh, yeah, um, well, um, yeah. And they obviously, they obviously do. Well, I, I imagine if you were in competition with them or if they had to make an example out of you, it'd be a different matter, you yeah, know, yeah, but exactly. um, you'd be dealing with, but you know, again, this comes back to the whole, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've met people who are straight up psychopaths and you can tell straight away, you know, they're, they're, they're just nuts, but you know, the, the people, the really effective crims, uh, the ones who sort of tend to rise up the chain, have a lot more in common with, uh, you know, you, you hear the, the old saying that cops and criminals are only separated by, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you know, a career choice. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's true. Those those sort of very successful personality types in those fields yeah. tend to be uh, quite, you know, complex uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, very relatable characters. But uh, anyway, the, the point I was going to make about the crime syndicates in, in NI is post the, the Good Friday Agreement, a lot of psychos got let out. A lot of very, very high-ranking criminals got out. 
And paramilitarism, um, you know, because it didn't have a cause anymore, it became more about crime. But because that yeah. precedent had been established of we don't want to get, the cops didn't want to get car bombed, they didn't want to get shot up, a lot of mm. other crime empires, you know, Eastern Europeans, like there's a serious heroin problem brewing in the area that I live in right now. And, you know, it's because, the, the you know, the the rumor is anyway, through the local papers that the, the Ulster Volunteer Force who you know, are, are uh, still strong in our area. Um, they uh, they took a million pounds payoff to look the other way while the Armenians ran heroin in, you know, South Belfast, you know, and, and the, the cops to, uh, you know, if, if you go to the local community groups and you, you talk to people and you talk to the cops, like, they can't do anything about it. Nothing's being done. And, yeah. and it's because they're so used to having to, you know, uh, be cautious of their own safety, and uh, you know, uh, so there's there's a strange. It's it's almost like uh, uh, I don't want to say an amnesty, but there, there's a different way of doing things here, and uh, as yeah. as as you sort of follow the money and follow the the corruption, which is actually surprisingly easy to do here because everything's so compacted and everything's so small and everyone knows everybody. I mean, you you know, there's paramilitaries living around the corner from me, and you know, I know that they're getting money for community projects that go straight into their back pockets so that they can go on holiday a couple of times a year, you know? So, I mean, it's like the corruption is like, you know, it's poking distance from where, where I am. And, you know, you, you see that, you know, the, with the, the triads, they own large amounts of property around Belfast. They've got grow houses out in the countryside where they grow uh, uh, marijuana. Uh, I knew a guy who yeah. was a human, he was basically trafficked, he was a human slave for the majority of his, his uh, you know, uh, young life, right up until he was in a uh, the, the sort of mid, mid, middle-aged adult. Like, I used to volunteer with this yeah. guy, so all this all this stuff is just on the surface. So I thought, you know, yeah. well, you know, why not write something where the crime over here has really taken root and escaped from New York style, they've just walled off Northern Ireland because it's probably... You know, uh, it's probably the easiest option, and plus, black economies it's, pay yeah, off. Easy to just let them get on in their own little world. Um, yeah. So, what what groups had you carried on into back north? So, you got the triads. You got the triads in there. Yeah, the tri Well, there's triads. There would be the Eastern Europeans. Uh, you know the Armenians, yeah. the uh, the Russians to an extent. Uh, you've got small uh, small levels of. Uh, Polish gangs. Now, I haven't fleshed out any of the East Timorese, but there are East Timorese gangs, especially as you go further up the countryside over here. If you go up to the end of the line, where my partner's from, Dungannon, uh, it's, uh, there's a large East, East Timorese population, and they would have like gang fights with the uh, uh, the Polish factory workers. So it's, you know, uh, there's all these little sort of sects and fiefdoms and, you know, um, you know, there's loads of different gangs, um, but um, then of course you have the old school uh, paramilitaries who have essentially, some of them cling to a cause, but a lot of them have just moved into crime of one type or another, like the 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 UDA, the uh, I think it's the Ulster Defence Association. Uh, that's what that stands for. Um, they they they. You know they're one of the largest criminal gangs, uh, sort of masquerading under paramilitarism, but they they're one of the largest criminal gangs in uh, you know uh, uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, they're in touch with the mob down south, uh, who 
you know, again, are big into drugs and uh, they, you know, it's all about shifting drugs, uh, prostitution, uh, you know, uh, if you go into the East, uh, or sorry, the uh, Eastern Europeans, they tend to people traffic, prostitution, uh, you know, massive amounts of drugs. It's, you know, it's all there. It's all there and it's all happening in this tiny little patch of land. Uh, you know, to the yeah. point where, you know, yeah. you could walk into a coffee shop and a heroin deal could be happening on the table beside you, you know? So, yeah. it's, I, you know, I... So, so what's why is, um, so, 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 we've got all of that in the, uh, in, in Black North, so we've got the, the, all those elements in Black mm-hmm. North, and, uh, and then as you mentioned before, we've got Roe, mm-hmm. who's the, the, the main protagonist. So what's his, what's his role in the, uh, in the story? Well, um, Roe is... is I would say he's a typical anti-hero in a lot of ways, Uh, but what I've tried to do is, so I mean, he's an anti-hero, but he's also the investigator, so he is the, uh, you know, um, uh, he's a Sam Spade type character, uh, in a way, except he's a soldier, you know, and and so his role is to get to the bottom of, uh, you know, the... uh, the mystery of who tried to kill uh, Mandy White Lee. She's to be the successor of Charlie Lee uh, and take over the Wu Lee Kwan 21s, uh, the the LK 21s. And so someone tried to assassinate her and she uh, has obviously been, you know, she survived and she's been sequestered away, but there's any number of people who could have tried to do it. um, And uh, in doing so, they've endangered a truce among the gangs uh so he has to find out who did that but at the same time uh he has taken uh hold of a refugee boat with um a bunch of people who floated in trying to make their way to the southern collective which would be you know uh uh you know down uh dublin direction and uh, uh unfortunately these people drifted into the black north after something happened on their ship and uh, the, the children are going to be used as cartel mules, so he is trying to arrange to get them safe passage out of there. Uh, otherwise, these kids are going to, you know, they they will not survive. They won't have lives worth living. And at the same time, you know, just to up the stakes even more, uh, a guy that uh, was U.S. Special Forces in Europe and served alongside Roe, a character called John McGorrow. Uh, Roe had to put him down. Uh, he, he shot him uh, after he found out that uh, McGorrow was a psychopath and was, you know, essentially, um, he was taking out his sick fantasies on um, uh, people who were affiliated with uh, the uh, the enemy element in yeah. uh, Europe. Yeah, he was and, taking, taking advantage of his position. Yeah, him. yeah. Yeah, so he he, he did, game, yeah. and and Roe eventually uh, worked out it was him and and shot him. But the thing is, you know, Roe shot him in the head, but Magoro survived, and it's been suspected that he was dead. But you know, now he's showed up in the north. Yeah, and, uh, he's just he's just he's just pissed off. Yeah, well, he's he's the worst. He is the worst in the sense that if you can imagine a character like uh, you know, uh, he, he he's very similar to the Punisher in a lot of respects, except the Punisher if he. That, you know, decided that uh, 
well, you, you can't really say that the Punisher, if he decided human life was cheap. I, I guess the Punisher, if he decided all life was cheap. So Magoro has yeah, no yeah. compunction about who he kills. It's just something that he enjoys. And I did a lot of research yeah. on that particular character. I read, you know, a John Douglas book, Mind Hunter, and uh, I wanted to. I had a very specific idea of what sort of psychopath he would be, uh, what sort of well, yeah. what sort of serial killer. So he he he's just been a fantastic character to write because uh, you know uh, I've been able to flesh him out a lot, you know. But yeah, I can I can ask you yeah. a question now, Mister Austin, because uh, you 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 know uh, you you uh, you've been grilling me relentlessly since we started. So it's it's your turn. Okay. So um um okay. uh so what, let me look at my questions. What what <laughs> <laughs> what what what, what uh, I'm sort of I've seen that some of these have been answered already, so there's no point in them. But uh, what made now uh, the right time for us to do this project? Mm. Now yeah. Um... Well, for me, artistically, I, I, do, I just really want to get into something, uh, something long-term, a bigger project. Yeah. I, want to, I want to test my metal. Yeah. Um, and I just want to see, I mean, I, I, I feel like I've done lots of, you know, what 2000 AD, but sort of stories I do the most of them to see part on. I feel like yeah. I'm getting to the end of the part. I'm just getting into my, getting into my strides, you know. Yes. Things are starting to come together. In the end, um, and I think we discussed it before, I, I, I just really want to get into something bigger. Um, and I think some of my best work will come out of it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I want to push it and challenge myself. Um, so for me personally, that, that was why now is a good time. Now is the right time mm -hmm. um, for me. Because I just need to, I, I just want to work on something bigger, longer and more consistent. Um, and, and with regards to the story, that's, you know, as, as we've all discussed, it's, it's yeah. just my cup of tea, really. Dark, witty, um, elements of humour, strong characters. I love the characters. I love the anti-heroes. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's my now for me, this, this ideal. Um, also, just from the glass, as a fan, um, which I touched on earlier, um, I just, I just find what's out there at the moment, with regards to science fiction, just sort of quite run of the mill. Mm, yeah. I've, uh, I've seen that and heard it before, um, and I just found the script to be quite exciting and a bit different, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, and I think it offers. I think it offers more. It's got more. You know. It's. 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 it's, 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 it's it, I think I said when I first read the script, it's, 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 it, it, it sounds like it's going to be a complicated story. Mm. Um, and potentially it could, but it doesn't read, uh, it's overly complicated, you know. When I read the script in this series, like normally when I read the script, I have to read it, well, two or three times, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I read the, the outline and thought, oh, I'm going to have to read this two or three times, but I, I didn't, I, I, I got it straight away. But it's still, it's, it's still complex, but not overly complicated. Um, because there are lots of facets to it, lots of elements to it. Yeah, that's, um, that's Lots of layers. Um, and the narrative is, uh, as, you, as you just mentioned, you know, you've got different, different, different streams um, running through narrative. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, I'm very excited to get stuck into it. Something we should maybe mention as well, and I, th I think we, you know, we really struck. We, well, I mean, we mentioned it at the start. We really struck lucky, and that was um, we. Uh, 
we have Dave Evans from uh, Future Quake involved, and uh, he's he's been making at it. We we uh, initially I talked to him about doing lettering, and then you said you said, well, why not get him on as editor? And uh, yeah. it, you know, it turned out to be a fantastic decision because I feel like he's made. You know, just a few pages that we've uh, put out. Um, so well, we've finished so far. He's he's not only done a great job lettering, but his editorial, uh, his notes to me have been fantastic and uh, you know, real uh, sort of game changers in terms of he's. I think he you know he improved the flow of the story. He uh, you know the yeah. guy's just a, he's just very good at his job, yeah. and uh, it's a pleasure to. To work with them and and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, like, he's got a hell of a lot of experience, you know. Yep. Yeah, you think small person. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time, right? Yeah, he knows his stuff. He does, and and the other guy is is our pal, uh, Mr. John Burtis, uh, who, who yeah, uh, Mr. Burtis. Uh, everything comes back to 2000 AD podcaster, uh, Mr. John Burtis, who uh, I well. I'd sort of thought about uh, John for a long time um, because I'd, I'd heard him uh, talking about every, uh, on everything comes back to 2008 about he'd say I was reading Dread this week and the action scene was completely unrealistic and, <laughs> and, and I thought well you know uh, I'm going to just get him to tell me how action scenes would play out so uh, I got in touch with him and said, would you mind consulting uh, to give an authenticity? And I sent over our first action scene because our, our story opens with an action scene. And, and he sent me this massive essay on how that scene would actually play out based on his perspective as someone who has been in the military. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it was great, and you know, it, it made it made me feel like I was ha I had some Andy McNabb type, uh, you know, uh, inside information. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this is just adding layers again. You know, I love stuff that's researched, and again, having John come in and and give his expert opinion, uh, as just for me made this, uh, you know, an, an even more. Uh, sort of layered uh, project it, it gives it sort of authenticity that I hope uh, I, you know one thing I hoped did you ever watch Aliens and you look at the level of military sort of sci-fi going on there and the amount of research that must have been done and you, yeah. you sort of take it in almost subconsciously and you go, oh, that's just awesome. You know, the dropships are awesome yeah. the, the APCs are awesome and I thought, well, how cool would it be if if we had that you know that input uh, to do for this and you know get so whenever I'm, I'm coming up with a new technology I talked about uh, you know gun turrets and stuff I asked John and he said yeah would this is what you'd want this is how it would play out and and to have that that insider intel it's just it's it's definitely it, it's made it a real pleasure for one thing but also I think it's something that the fans someone I mean, I mean if I was to read something like this uh, and it had you know that that detailing and you know that uh, the, those cool things going on and it, it would definitely invest me more so you know it's uh, I guess you have to write something that you're gonna want to read and so having your great art yeah, yeah. you know and, and that's the thing you've you know you've done an absolutely smashing job bringing uh, the 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 world to life so yeah we've done the first six pages haven't we we've done the opening yeah, pages, we've done, pages hold on Steve I wasn't I wasn't 
I wasn't finished blowing smoke up your ass yet. You have to, you have to stay still longer so I can go. Oh, Stephen, your character designs and your world building is simply magnificent, sir. Magnificent. But, but yeah, we've done, we've done the first six pages, and it's, I, I feel like it's looking good. It's looking good, you know. And uh, yeah. All right. Okay, I've got another question, uh, and this this is directly relating to what we we're just talking about. Where uh, where are you getting the inspiration for the designs uh, of you know the the world and uh, the characters and things like that? Well, um, well, the world's obviously Northern Ireland, so I, think, <laughs> I mean, I, I, this, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, but I have. I've been I've been, I've been trying to find as many because I've never been to Belfast. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of um, just to scale, I mean, like, I printed off and, and sketched loads of um, uh, scenes that I could, sort of, sort of city schemes, but I'm trying to get a feel for, feel for the area. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, and then just, yeah, just various, various Google mainly. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just, been, I was looking at, looking at military outfits and military yeah. vehicles and then just sort of sketching. I'm just sketching and sketching and sketching, upgrading them, and I'm making them a little bit more interesting. Trying to combine, um, uh, sort of, you know, Belfast with obviously, you know, my obviously an obvious interest to be Mega City One. Yeah, um, I could, yeah. I might, yeah, and I could, two thousand a year. it's going to it's going to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to make it more specific to Belfast as well. Um, so, um, so I've been sort of, you know, scouring, scouring the internet for pictures and, and sort of sketching, trying to come up with a with a balance, which I think I've done. Um, yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, yeah. But it feels, it feels, so it feels like somebody. It feels, it, it doesn't feel as otherworldly as as, as Mega City One. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's got you know, obviously the futurist elements. I mean, when when you say it's twenty uh, two thousand eighty, isn't it? The the story setting. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. That's right, isn't it? That's, that's it. I mean, initially, this was supposed to be a magazine pitch, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, then again, it, it does have... But now, it's, but now it's an independent. I'm aware of that when I, when I was designing it. I didn't want it to be, uh, you know, now it's an independent project. Yeah, yeah. It's a standalone yeah. project, so I didn't want it to, to echo yeah. you know, the, the yeah. prog or, or, or to make too, too much, you know? It's got to be, oh, it's yeah, got to be its, own, its own voice. Big time. I think people who enjoy uh, the the you know the prog and uh, the magazine, you know, I, this this yeah, is absolutely. this is is is, is bleh, exactly in their wheelhouse. Though I mean, you know, it's it's. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and we're fans as well. Though. It's, as I said, yes, you know, it's, it's for the fans, by the fans. For the so fans, by the fans. Yeah. Elements, yeah. That's that's exactly it, man. You know, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's a love letter. Uh, that, that's how I'm looking at it. It's a love letter to yeah. uh, the genre, and it, it's something that I want. It, it's something that you know, I personally would want to. I, I would never do something that I wouldn't personally read. Do you know what I mean? And uh, for for me, this is you know uh, something that I would want to walk in that comic shop and go, ah, oh, that looks amazing. You know, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I, and I would, you know, I'd pick it's it up same, off the rack. Same with the art, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's the same, same with the art when I'm drawing it, because I'm exactly, I'm, if I, for me, it's all about the art. If you, if you can have the best story in the world, but if the art's shit, I just won't, I just, I just can't get into the story, I just can't read it. 
Yeah. Um, so I, my view of it is exactly the same as yours in the sense that it's got to look good. <laughs> so you know what? Look right, but, you know, good to pick it up and go, wow, I want to read that. You know? We're just a pair of um, wonderful perfectionists. Yeah, Wonderful perfection, Steve. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're making the best product possible in, a, in a, uh, our extremely limited time uh, between doing our other jobs, and you know, you're minding the kids, and yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. looking after my army of cats. You know, uh, yeah. So yeah. we're we're trying to squeeze it in, and this is the thing: uh, if the fans uh, get behind this project, and I, I. I'm optimistic they will, and I really, you know, I really do hope uh, everyone uh, can jump in and, and support this. If they do, what that will mean is basically the gloves are off, and we can really get stuck into it because, you know, then we're not sitting crapping ourselves about paying the bills as much, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I need, as we said, this eight times a page. So, I mean, essentially, yeah, you know, I need to be doing this. Full time until it's done. Yeah, you need to do it full time. Um, it's a full time job. Obviously, you know, with, with, with bills and rent and, and life. Yep. Um, we need to get uh, some backing for it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so I suppose that leads on to the. Exactly, and you know this is the thing because it's at the end of the day another another thing people need to sort of consider here is we've decided we um we talked about doing it uh you know as issues, but I if you look at stuff like what, what uh, Pat Mills is doing and he I, I think it's Delcourt yeah. he's with and he puts out Requiem Vampire Night. And he has these lovely volumes that come out like one, what is it once a year, and they're just you yeah. know they're stunning, right? And I thought, well, and I love you know essentially a lot of what I buy nowadays is graphic novels, and uh, I yeah. so you know I'll pick up uh, I'll pick up this the, the strips, but I always I give them to the kids who live up the street, and then I'll buy it and you know trade for them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's that's you know my preferred. Uh, way to consume something now is graphic novel and I thought well let's just yeah. do this as a graphic novel and put it out you know using the uh, the European uh, practice of just you know putting it out in one big go uh, so what what we need really is is for people to fund this big massive chunk of material which will be about you know between you know 80 and 100 pages uh, and then that's not yeah. that's not even uh, considering the uh, the additional materials which is going to be sketches uh, then on top of that, we'll have stuff like what you know. I've I've spoken to uh, Glenn. He said he would do you know a a, a variant cover or a, a print or something. Yeah. You know, so we'll have all these stretch goals too. You know, and and uh, things that are attached to the project that you know you can. So you know, in the typical Kickstarter fashion, there'll be different tiers. You know, you can yeah. buy the graphic novel, or you can buy the graphic novel and you know a print or whatever. And uh, yeah. You know, so uh, hopefully. Yeah, just, it just, as you say, it's just you know, it's just doing individual issues. You know, that it won't, you know, I find it irritating. You need know, get a, you get a, a, an issue that you like, and then you, you may wait six months or sometimes a year for yeah. issue two to come out. Yeah. And because life gets in the way, it makes far more sense to you know commit to six or seven months' work, get it done. Yeah. Um, and then it's you know, and you got a, you got a, a full story, beginning, middle, and end. Just power um, through it, it yeah. Highly volume, makes sense to me as well, yeah. Oh, just yeah, power, yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah. just just power, just powering through it, it, it absolutely. But uh, another thing I was going to say is because um, sometimes you get that issue out, and then you have to go through the entire process again to get issue two out. Yeah, exactly. 
and so you know it just makes more sense to just do it as one graphic novel and uh, put it out. So you know, I've I've high hopes that the fans, whenever they see your art, I have a strong feeling that they're going to like it. Right now, um, I'm hoping that they enjoy the script, uh, what they can read. But I, I think they're going to look at that art and go, "Fuck, that is great." Um, Let's let's get behind this because I know personally, if I had the option uh, to uh, come along and fund uh, a project based on the art that I've seen, I would fund it no problem. I'm biased, yeah. but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, if you weren't attached to this project and I saw that art on another one, I would be like, yeah, I'm funding that. Yeah, we're going to have lots of. Um, um, uh, incentives as well, aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah. As many incentives as I can stuff into it, mate. Uh, as many as we can get into it. So this, I mean, this podcast really is just to let people know what it is uh, that it's coming, and that you know, uh, stick around, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, we're going to be keeping you updated uh, as we go along, and uh, you know, we're gonna we've got stuff ready to to show. We we sort of talked. I've been yeah. talking to uh, other people like Adam if to see if he's free, if his schedule will allow him to do uh, to do the colors. Um, you know, uh, we've got other people who may come on board. Adam being Adam Brown, he's also a two thousand AD. Uh, cover artist and uh, interior artist. He's done some interiors with me, and uh, you know, colors Liam Sharp's work. Yeah, he colors Liam Sharp's work. So he's you know he's he's a very good colorist. Uh, so to bring yeah. him, uh, you know, to bring him in, he would be another two like like ourselves. He'd be another two thousand eight D creator. Uh, so you know, it, it, it just you know it, it would be fantastic to have. Uh, people with that bit of experience, but at the same time, we're all relatively fresh. You know, we're we're uh, we're waiting to make our mark. And uh, uh, for me, definitely, this project—it's you know—it's a passion, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, it will be it. You know, that people are gonna, you know, uh, see Black North, and uh, we've got a fantastic logo. I meant to mention that it was designed by my friend Mark Savage. Uh, he he's a graphic designer, did it in his free time. He. he uh, runs the website following the nerd and he's an ace guy so i've got this lovely logo and uh i i just you know i think um i, th- I think people are gonna like it sort of falling into place yeah it's all falling into place. Uh, i mean I, I think it's important just to also mention i know going back to what you're saying about the the kickstarter bit yeah you know, it's going to obviously be a long process you know it's not going to be um, oh yeah the needs, uh, the so we're looking at sort of six six seven months work potentially yeah yep, um, easy but we're not just going to disappear we're not just going to disappear for that six or seven months we'll we'll we'll, we'll give regular updates and we'll you know we'll follow the progress of what we're doing and yeah oh um, yeah well so we'll, yeah. we'll take the take the backers along with us for the for the journey it won't just be oh, thanks very much See you in seven months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it would be very easy to keep people updated because I need to get the old podcast back on the road anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. it, it'd be very easy to you know get together what every fortnight or something and just go, oh, and here's here's how everything's going, uh, you know, and here's uh, a little snippet of art that we've got going on or whatever. But you know, it's listen, I've got the whole the whole uh, thing plotted. It's just a matter of me writing it and you drawing it. Um, getting it colored you know 
and uh, we, we we've yeah. got uh, some printing options that are coming up uh, we I've been in touch with a couple of guys so you know I, I think this is good with the key as well was to keep it affordable for everybody so it should be you know a, a, a nice um, sort of blow uh, 20 quid for the graphic novel so that you know it's one of those things I always like to be within that range whenever I'm buying something so I think it'll be a nice price for people and uh, for the quality yeah. product that you're getting um, yeah. and as you said as you said if you're looking for any covers obviously there'll be original art available as well yeah, yeah. Um, as, as incentives we've got a DVD yeah, yeah. there'll be lots of additions as well so yeah, awesome, uh, awesome. But yeah, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, what what would digital cost? Oh, uh, what will what digital cost? I, I don't know. <laughs> It'll probably be. Okay. I, uh, well, since you won't be getting the physical copy, huh? Okay, because 20 quid, 20 quid will be the physical copy, won't it? Yeah, in and around 20 quid for the physical. And I mean, listen, I'm going to try and get this down, try and get physical prices down as, as low as possible. I've, I've still to, uh, I've got to talk to the guy uh, uh, and see see what sort of, you know, we, uh, the, the bigger the print run, basically, uh, the cheaper it is for us, you know. Yeah. So the more people buy it, that's that's you, uh, dear reader, the more people that buy it, the the, the cheaper it is, and uh, you know the the lower we can get the cost down. And you know, again, I just want to ram this home that I want it to be uh, as affordable as possible because I want as many people uh, who are into sci-fi and you know uh, fantasy and uh, you know that that the genre that we're operating out of. I want as many people to come along and read this as possible and enjoy it. And uh, you know, I want it to be accessible by the, uh, for the fans. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got any other questions for me? Huh? Oh, have I got any more questions? Yeah. Um, well, let me look at my list now. Hang on. I've answered that one. I've answered that. Uh, do you know what you see see while i was writing do you know, do you know what we've done the only the only other question i had on my list that we haven't answered is that it was one for you because do you see a bigger universe um, a bigger universe further stories well but a bigger universe not universe but a potential for further stories involving black like oh me yeah absolutely i mean i'm <laughs> Not to, not not to uh, you know jump the gun uh, since we haven't even got this thing out yet. But you know I've got uh, I've got uh, uh, ideas and I've I've gone as far as to plot a couple of short stories, um, which could potentially we talked about our pal David Hitchcock, maybe doing a, a, a yeah. short short primer or something if he's free. But you know there's uh, so I've got loads of different stories and. Uh, Again, it's one of the things I want to do. I want to write this, you know, interesting universe. But also, I, you know, um, uh, my one of my great passions in life is philosophy. Uh, asking, you know, uh, difficult questions about, you know, uh, uh, things. It's not always about getting the answers, but it's about asking those questions. And uh, you know, so there's just so many areas that I can go into. Uh, in uh, Black North, so many things. You know, my my specialities whenever I studied was uh, uh, moral theory and medical ethics and things like that. You know, so it was you know all that sort of stuff absolutely rivets me. So you know the the idea that you can go into this uh, deeply corrupted. Uh, 
ethically uh, dubious, you know, horrible place in a way, and see how people, what, 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 you know, what good things will people do uh, in in those circumstances? What what good things will they do? Uh, uh, you know, and and what bad things will they do? And for what reasons? You know, um, yeah. And it, it, there's just so much room to play around in. So I've got yeah, I've got more stories for sure. I'd written down. Uh, there's a question for you. I forgot to take it away because we were supposed to write nine questions for each other. And I, f- I realized I forgot to take it away and update it. And I'd just written, are you a fan of my smashing beard? <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot to put a legitimate question in there. I'm looking at it now. I'm like, oh, Mark, you absolute twat. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, so are you? Uh, I'm just asking. Uh, are you? I mean, you know, now that we're on the subject. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks. Uh, that's okay. You know, I comb it. I comb it every day, and I always hope that you'll give me a like on Facebook. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what, what were you going to say, man? I was going to say straight up and well done. Oh, yeah, flip. It's over time, yeah. Okay. Well, here, listen, uh, we, we got to go because unfortunately we both have uh, lives and jobs and other stuff that we got to do. So podcasting is uh, something we got to cram in whenever we've got some free time. So, so the school run. Oh, the school run, man. Well, here, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, yeah. No, it's really nice to speak to you, Mark, as always. A pleasure as always, mate. Look forward to continue working with you, mate. As soon as uh, we get the back. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. And I will send you. I'll send you through uh, the uh, the uh, this before everybody else gets to hear it to make sure we have made total tits of ourselves. And uh, you know, uh, I'll get in there with the the, the editing. Uh, <laughs> but here, listen. It's it's. Been, it's been a pleasure as always, Steve. Uh, we'll be in touch soon. Uh, this has been Considering Comic Books. Uh, I've been Mark. Uh, this has been... Your... Steven. Steven. There you go. <laughs> uh, and uh, this has been the Black North cast. Uh, we've got, we'll have more uh, coming for you in the future, guys. Stay tuned. And uh, until then, take care.